and welcome to the Tell It Like It Is, the Kingdom Way program. I'm Apostle Baker, doc, I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And I want to know, I want you to know that we're here to provoke you to think, to provoke you to think about how you think about the word of God and how you think about those around you. And I, I want you to alert your friends, your family, your enemies, all of those people. And I have Apostle Calvin Cook with me to help to provoke you to think as he continues, as we continue to talk about the tabernacle and how to live things out. Uh, come on, Apostle Cal. I am just so excited that we can do this thing together. This is what happens when family, when family uh, gets together. And so uh, where, where are we going with this today? <laughs> Praise God. Oh, you know, you Good things happen when families together, the family yeah. of God. Uh, God puts uh, the, the solitude, but that's the word family. He mm -hmm. puts it together. Uh, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, the whole concept of God is that he wanted to have a family. That was the whole purpose of the creation of man and the earth. Uh, uh, when you're a God of such a volume of love, it's expressed in greater measures when there's more to express it to. And so he looked to fill the earth with the people where he could pour out and, and, and shower his agape hasid or the love of God upon a whole people. Uh, and I think uh, when we look at the original plan of God, he was going to have a priesthood and he called them Israel. That's Hebrews, the original choice of God. We're, we're supposed to be a priesthood of, of, of royal priests. Uh, a holy generation of people who would be a peculiar people because their ministry would be to the nations of the world to bring them in right relationship with God. And they, uh, they took that and they misinterpreted the fact that he called them peculiar and called them special and a treasure. They became elite and closed themselves in and closed everybody else out. And everybody that wasn't in their company, they called and considered them to be infidels or dogs. And so they imploded from the inside because they lost their God's original intent. So what God is doing now through the tabernacle is bringing a little light back on his original intent for his church and for his people and for the presentation of the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. And not just preaching salvation or healing or Jesus never preached those things. He didn't. You, you can't find him teaching any of those things. They're not teaching things. They're functioning things that operate within the structure of the kingdom. And when you put them before the kingdom, then where do you place salvation if it's not in the kingdom? He, what did he save you from? He saved you from an untoward generation, from a fallen system, translated you out of darkness. And what did he set you? In the kingdom of his son. And so God's original activity, action in your life was to replace you from the where you were in darkness and put you into a place where he could begin to bring you into a life of enlightenment, where the eyes of your understanding could be enlightened and recognize that now you are a priest and a king an heir, a joint heir, and no longer a subject to a fallen system, but you're part of the risen Christ. And if any man be in him, they are now being able to partake of 
the newness of life. And so that's what we're talking about, basically, uh, when we talk about the life of the tabernacle, because what he did is, uh, you know, we have David, we have the tabernacle of Moses, we have the tabernacle of Solomon, we have Herod's temple, uh, and, and that was a temple that was bought by uh, Rome, and they set that lackey king in there, and they set that that they bought that high priest and set him in there. They didn't represent God. They represented uh, Rome. Uh, they represented the Roman Empire, just like a lot of the churches today. They don't represent that anyway. And so what God wants us to do is get back to the original pattern of the sun. He said, Moses, do not build this except you build it by the pattern. And Moses climbed eight times Mount Sinai to get the right pattern. He got it. Uh, the Lord spoke to him. Uh, he got angry because uh, he saw them living contrary to what they, what the same way they were living in Egypt. And, uh, and, uh, and so uh, God didn't change his mind, but he went a different way of bringing it to God. Don't change his mind. He's God not changing now, but he'll go around the corner to bring you to the same place. that He originally wanted you to go. You saw that with Jonah. Anyway, moving out of there. Let's go here. Uh, we talked a lot about, uh, we talked about the ark was set in the tabernacle first. Watch this. And thou shalt bring in the table. We brought that in. We show why the table, before, and then the lampstand. And then we talked about the altar, the golden altar of incense. Uh, and then, uh, and the hanging of the door of the tabernacle. Now he's, he, now that he got all these pieces of the furniture, He's letting us know everybody can't see. You have to be in relationship with God. To uh, You can't just because you have a degree doesn't mean you see the, 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 the purpose and the revelation of these things being in this specific order. You, you don't you can't educate yourself to mysteries. You can't go. They don't teach a revelation in the schools. You get that by your relationship you have with God and his Holy Spirit. Those are things revealed to you. In your times of intimacy with God, those are the things that when you Bible says when a man prays in tongues, he 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 what he don't edify the other people, but he edifies himself. But it's only prophecy that edifies the entire group. He said, but a man that speaks in tongues edify. The word edify means to build himself up. Why would you want to build yourself up that your that your flesh man would yield to what the spirit of God, your soul would yield so the spirit of God could have full rights to lead your whole body, spirit, soul and body, not just part of you, you know, a token of you, but all of you. I keep going back to this. Dr. Earl, when he came and ministered, he said he, when he first prayed, he knew he was humble. He said, Lord, he said, I pray that you would increase and I would decrease. And he said, the Lord said, boy, he said, I want you, I want none of you and all of me. I don't want none of you to make it. <laughs> I want all of you to go. I don't, I don't need any of your expression. I don't need any of your intelligence. I don't need any of you. I need all, because if the corn of wheat don't die completely, the new thing that's being concealed in that can never be revealed out of that. If we still got some of us, we think people need to see. We still want to show a little bit of how we got and, you know, how our take on this. And when I'm around a lot of leaders, sometimes we, we I see the maturity of them because they'll yield. With, I know they got more information than I do, but they'll yield because they want to see me look good. 
and they know I want to see that. I've, I've never been around people like this. People actually will acquiesce and allow the others. No, no, you go, brother. No, no. I said, what? Well, you got you, this is a different thing that you see going on today in the company of people that we're keeping. But normally, uh, the guy, one guy says, no, no. Uh, 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 one brother asked me, well, how many PhDs do you have? I said, I don't have, but I got some knee HDs. He said, well, what is a knee HD? I said, that's a degree in neology. You know, I got a couple of those, but I don't have them other ones you're talking about. Can we still talk? <laughs> Can we still have a communication? Because <laughs> he was trying to, you know, to make sure that I was intelligent enough to have a conversation with him. Amen. People are like that. I mean, they achieve things. And, and, then, and now that's going to be the measuring stick of, of all the other relationships. And I don't have time for that, to be honest with you. Moving on out of there. Let's move on. Okay. Now, watch this. He said, and thou shalt set up the altar of burnt offering. Now you're going to the outer court. And before the door of the, of the tabernacle and the tent of congregation, and thou shalt set up a labor of the tent of the congregation and the altar and shall put water therein. And thou shalt set up the court round about. And he goes on. And so they set the whole thing up. And then the next thing they do, they anoint it with oil. And they anoint every vessel so it's holy and consecrated to only one purpose that God told Moses to use it for when, when he went up in the mount. You can't use it for any other purpose. Everything was sanctified to one use. Watch this. Watch this. And it shall be unto you the most holy. And thou shalt anoint the labor the, in the foot of it and sanctify it. And thou shalt bring Aaron now that he's got all this stuff, the stuff, the instruments and the furniture anointed and all the other things that are that, that work in concert with those pieces of furniture were anointed. The spoons, the shovels for the ass, everything was anointed. Now he's going to anoint the man. Now he's going to cover the man. All the stuff we do to make ministry work was covered. Now the man that's going to do the work that's covered gets covered. Now he's dealing with the man. He said, thou shalt put upon, he's covering Aaron. I'll put Aaron in the holy garments and anoint him and sanctify him. In other words, those garments have a call on them. Those mantles have a purpose. And when it gets set on that man, that man gets glued to the purpose of the mantle that's on him. That covering determines your behavior, your activity, your attitude, your boundaries in which you walk in, uh, it, your morality. That, uh, that garment on those priesthood, it was like, this is how your life is going to be. This garment of righteousness on you is going to keep you operating in a very slim part of life called holiness while you're in service to me. He said, put those garments on. Anoint them, sanctify them. Watch this. This is so powerful, I may shout. I may not, and I may. This is what the whole ministry is about. We've been so confused about this. This is what the whole thing God called us to do. Are you ready for this? He said, thou shalt put upon Aaron the holy garments and anoint him and sanctify him that he may minister unto me. He didn't mention no people. He didn't mention any people. This whole thing is about God. I wish I could get somebody. It's not about your branding and having another meeting and being popular and no. This is about your ministry to God. 
This is about you and your creator that everything you do is a ministry to him. In word and in deed, glory unto God. Everything you say, you meditate on day and night. Every activity of your mind and your heart and your thought is for the glory of God. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> okay, you mean it's not for how many hits I get on Facebook or how many hits I get on on or how many people agree with me as I do this thing on all of this the social media stuff? It's it that that. that that's that's not the wait wait i almost got caught up in that because you know i'd never been on i never cared nothing about that. then all of a sudden somebody says man he had 200 viewers was they viewing and then this is what i did i went up and i got the viewing breakdown and then i got humbled back where i was at the very beginning it says 200 people look but only three of them stayed more than five seconds <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I said, okay, I'm not going to be watching that no more. So it's not about that. This is this is for the glory of God. I don't care what what you. That ain't real, no way. I'm, I'm gonna say something. I don't mean to offend anybody. Okay, let me ask. Okay, why are you getting ready to say that? Let me oh, ask. Oh Lord this. Jesus, this is it's another part us. of. So it, it so it's not about how many people agree because we are we to care about if people agree with what it is that we say on 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 this or are we looking for the agreement of God what 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 are we really looking for and why are we just like what we're doing right here uh, I don't know what kind of audience we carry and and I personally don't care one way or the other I can't tell you how much I don't care I know you don't like me to say that but I really can't tell you how much I don't care and I don't look at those stats. All I know is this, is that I'm obeying God and doing this program. And if I'm obeying him and doing it and, and people are, are changing and I do get, we do get comments about people changing, then that makes a difference. But uh, does it matter how many people agree? I mean, or how many people like you? Uh, I, I, I think uh, there, there is certain, uh, agreement to those listening. It would be nice if they could hear and agree, but if they don't, it's not going to stop me from telling the truth or doing what I do. Uh, my motivation is I love God and I got a love for God's people. Uh, and so out of obedience to him, he never told me because we were, we were laughing the other day. I can't tell who we were talking. And, and my good friend asked me, Cal, he said, how long, do you keep preaching and the people don't respond? I said, you have to go to Isaiah. He said, in Isaiah 6, he said, Lord, how long will I preach and the people don't hear? He said, to every house be without inhabitant and the land be desolate. I said, so ain't nobody going to listen to you. <laughs> so this is when God, see, that's what I want you, I want to help you. That's how God comes in now. Because you did your part. You said what God told you to say. You said it with a pure heart. You, you said it with pure motives. There may be a response and there may not be. But I know one thing, God is working on with that because the words you spoke cannot return to you void, cannot return to God void. So God in his infinite power will make sure that somebody listening. And if they're not, there'll be consequences. If it's if we are really teaching the truth, then there should be a response. That's where I'm at. But I, I'm not trying to be popular. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that at all. 
uh, I'm too old now to be worried about that. Uh, you know, I've been through too much hell to be talking about who, who, who likes me now. It doesn't matter who likes me now. <laughs> I love to be loved now. But uh, I'm going to do what God uh, has, told, has, has instructed me to do. I've been that way from the day one. My pastor called me to the office one time. He said, man, you have a straight and direct delivery the way you deliver that word. And I asked, I said, dad, I called him dad. I said, is, is it okay if, if I'm telling the truth? He said, why don't you try this? He says, uh, could you please, when you're preaching, just say, I want you to consider this. Take, I said, I can't preach under no consideration. I either heard from God or I didn't. I said, that's how you preach. You say that, but I can't do that. That would make, that would make me you. And there can't be two of us. It got to be you and then it got to be me. As long as our hearts are right before God. That's what I'm saying to you. If your heart's right, then you keep doing what you're doing. Let me go a little further. Now watch this. He said, now he got this. He got the man of God, the apostle. Aaron represents the apostle here. Watch what he does. And verse 14, he says, and thou sons, bring thy sons and clothe them with coats. So now he's bringing the other four sons to make up the fivefold ministry. And now he's anointing them and covering them. And thou shalt anoint them and thou did it like you did their father and that they may minister. Uh, uh oh, so the sons have to minister at the same intensity of the fathers. At the same intensity of the father. Under the same covering of the father. There is no need of the father. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, there's been so much misunderstanding about father and son relationships. I'm not going to go there, but there's a lot of misunderstanding. Uh, uh, and he says, and this shall be, watch this, and for their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood. Uh-oh throughout their generations, and Moses did according to all that the Lord commanded him, so did he, and it came to pass in the first month of the second day of the month that the tabernacle was reared up. Now that it's reared up, they got to fasten it to the ground. They got ropes and pegs to peg it into the ground. They got they got different things with sockets and set up the boards thereof and put the bars thereof and reared up the pillars. And now they got all that set up. Watch this. I'm going all the way to the end here. I want to show you something. And watch this. And, and then the, what, and Moses was not able to enter into the tender congregation. Now watch this. Once they had it set up is where I'm going. It says, verse 34, then the cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Nobody was yelling, fire, fire, glory, glory. Nobody was doing that because their job was not to do that. It was to make sure everything was built according to the pattern and everybody was in alignment and everybody was standing where they were supposed to stand and everybody was executing the responsibilities that everyone had and everyone that had responsibilities that finished early helped their brother finish theirs. Everybody was everybody's champion. Everybody made sure everybody. And then it said the cloud covered the tent and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent. He couldn't even go in there. There wasn't no room for him because the glory filled it. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. There was no room for him there. 
because the glory filled it. Listen, listen, listen. Because the glory of, of, of the cloud bowed therein, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I'm going to read it again. And Moses was not able to enter. He didn't go in dancing around, bumping off the wall. He couldn't even get in there. And we brag about our little prayer meetings and our praise services. And, and everybody can get in. Even the devils come in on Sunday. But couldn't nobody get in here when that glory showed up. And God says there's a greater glory for us if we quit playing games with him. <laughs> says, man, wasn't that powerful today? I said, God wasn't impressed. Everybody was still standing on their feet. We so we so impressed with ourselves. Oh, I, I just wrote a new song, and I, I think it's going to be okay. And uh, Well, uh, let's check with headquarters and see how he like it. See, we're not interested in God anymore. We're interested in getting a Dove Award or some other kind of thing. And God says, I'm going to read it again. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud filled that place therein, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, they journeyed not till the day that it was, we would move. God has asked the church to move on and we still stuck in Pentecostalism. He said, move on in the kingdom. I ain't moving into no kingdom. Ain't no kingdom come. We, we believe in this. We, I said, I, I, that's what you believed when it was for you to believe that at that time. But now the day of revelation says, now God's moving it up. Now, I ain't moving. And so here you are stuck with the mixed multitude get, fighting the, uh, the Amalekites, which is your flesh, that's what happens when you won't move with God. And so it says, well, if the cloud was taken up, they journeyed uh, uh, not until the day it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and the fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. This is, this is significant to me. That he couldn't get in the house. What kind of glory is that? What, what kind of glory is it where you can't even get in? Now, I've been to people's house. This is, I got to tell you this. Uh, I had a guy working for me. His wife was epileptic. And so we had Bible study twice a day at the company that I worked for. And so he says, is it possible for you to come by my house? I said, yeah, I'll come by your house. I've got, I brought a guy with me. I don't never go nowhere by myself. So I brought Ray, Ray Tafoya with me. And we got there and we felt the devil. I've never felt the devil before. This is my first experience. I said, what in the world is this? And Ray said, that's a spirit of epilepsy. So we bounced that thing up, man. And we, we saw the wind go by like that. Watch this. I'm going to show you something. Laid hands on her. She got set free. A week later, I don't know what these people are doing. That's the problem. You can't stay at people's house to make sure they're doing the right things. She got drowned in the bathtub with just a very little bit of water in it. She had an epileptic fix and flipped over, and she sucked up all that water. But before we left the house, watch this, I went to go to the back door. I got to tell you this, and I couldn't get to the back door because that spirit was blocking the door. 
So when, when I read this about Moses not being able to move, I've been in a situation where the enemy was in the house and I couldn't move. I went to a house where there had been a murder and the, and the, and the usher uh, was at the church where I was pastoring. He said, could you come to that house? I can't even rent the building anymore because the spirit of murders. And I said, man, let me go just because he's an usher. Let me go. Ain't no spirit of no more. I went in there and sure enough, Lord Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is sure as those spirits went into that pig. Those spirits were in that building. And I went in there. I said, my God, God said, go in there with my name, boy. And I went in there, boy, with my sword and cleaned that house up. Now, watch this. I didn't clean the house up. Let me clear my. But the Spirit of the Lord cleaned the house up. And every Catholic, watch this, in that apartment complex got born again when they seen the power of God. Listen, listen to me, listen to you. I think that we talk too much sometimes that there needs to be a demonstration of the power of God. And when they saw that spirit run up out of there, they said, how did you do that? And I took them to John 3, 16. I showed them in the word. And they said, well, what was, what must we do? And they all, and they all came to the Lord. Why, why am I saying that? By Christ, because I couldn't enter in. I couldn't get out that door. But Moses couldn't get in this door because the presence of God. Now, we were young Christians. If I had been more, where I'm at now, that I, that wouldn't have happened that way. I'm just letting you know. But I, where I was in my maturity, uh, uh, may anyway, I don't want to say it caused her death, but I wasn't at a place where I, I, I am now. But the enemy was strong enough to block the door. I'm reading here that the spirit of God was so strong in that house that the man of God, the builder, the master builder, the one who heard about the pattern, wasn't even allowed to come in himself. He couldn't stand in the presence of God. That, that to me, that that just that just makes me come to silence for a minute because that's a, that's that's an incredible revelation. That's a, that's an incredible understanding uh, of what happens when the real presence of God. I had one brother tell me. We haven't really never experienced the presence of God. He said, because when it does come, I remember we used to go pray with Carlos Bellos after work for two hours every day for five days a week. And I remember laying on the floor and don't remember how I got there. And uh, my teeth was on the carpet. I said, Lord, Jesus, well, the presence of God came in there and, and slayed us. I'm talking about not that kind of where you look back to make sure you don't bump your hair kind of slain in the spirit, put your hand behind you to cushion yourself. I'm not talking about the courtesy falls that people have given. Right. When you don't even know how you got down there. I think this, this is marvelous. And one of the things that I'd like to talk to when we come back on our next program is that, you know, many times people say that there is no pattern. They'll say that you're talking about Moses and that was the first covenant. That was the Old Testament. And that has no relevance. Uh, no, no, it's not relevant now. And so when we come back next time, because we're out of time for today, I'd like for you to be able to show uh, the, um, uh, the comparison of this pattern and which it is that God is doing. This is Apostle uh, Baker J. Baker and Apostle Calvin Cook saying thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And I know you got something out of this. And we'll be back next week when we're here telling it like it is the kingdom way. Bye-bye. There is a pattern, by the way.
Thank you for watching Kingdom First TV, your station for Kingdom inspiration.